good. Hey, everybody. It is Connor. And it is either September 30th or October 1st. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, hi, I'm here to give you another film news show. Is that what this is? I forgot. I forgot what I named the show. Um, this is the film news show where I break down a couple film news stories I found notable. And I'm going to leave you with some thoughts before the weekend. This is the uh, we are we are in the hiatus. I know I keep putting out episodes, but I told you I'd put out episodes during this hiatus. I told you I'd cover you for September. That's what I'm doing. So here I am to cover you for September as promised before I truly go on more of a podcast hiatus and into the realm of um, baby stuff. So I figured uh, this week is when I would normally give you the film news show, and I definitely won't be able to give you the film news show two weeks from now. So I thought since I couldn't do that, that'd be a good time to just go ahead and give you one. And uh, and then I won't do this for a few months. So this will truly be the last film news show of 2021, uh, which is just fine because I probably think I need a break from analyzing it because it's making me cynical and angry. Um, so I have a couple stories in here, uh, but the main one I want to talk about today is this um, this op-ed, this column by Owen Gleiberman that was published on September 26th um, on Variety, and it is called Dune is Opening in a Movie Theaters and Your Living Room. Here's why that's a mistake. So we've 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 covered the Odyssey on this show and the main movie hour um, about Dune and pushing back and the movie and the money and all that stuff where we essentially Dune is opening day and date release on October 22nd on HBO Max and in theaters and everybody has feelings about it. Denis Villeneuve is angry. Warner Brothers is like, hey, we said we were going to do that. And people in general, including me, are just excited to see the movie. Um, but of course, people who are more directly affected financially by all this are certainly um, more have more feelings about it and other people who care about the purity of the theater experience care about that too. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on. So he, there's a big preamble in the article kind of setting up all that, giving more specifics on the numbers and stuff. I wanted to focus on the listicle part of this listicle, the article list. Um, he says, it's amazing how much common sense, sophisticated business rationales can leave behind. It's now too late for Warner Brothers to reverse its day and date decision about Dune. Commitments have been made. Logistics have been locked in. But there, here are a few reasons why I think it will prove to be a mistake. And I'm here, as you probably guessed it, to argue with this article. So here I am arguing with Owen Gleiberman without his opportunity to rebut me. Um so for what that's worth, just to give you the context, he is an actual writer for Variety, and I'm not. So um, so I am sucker punching him with this, with this, uh, with this episode. Number one, the film will be less profitable. He says, if Dune opens with $50 million, it will be clear that the studio left a lot of money on the table, especially if it grosses, if the grosses seriously decline in the weeks ahead, the movie has already opened in international markets exclusively in theaters where it is doing well, but using its domestic take as a yardstick, let's say it winds up matching Shang-Chi's total receipts, which are closing in on $200 million. That sounds like a lot of money, but this is Dune we're talking about. It's being marketed as the new Star Wars meets the Lord of the Rings. It should be far and away the biggest movie of the year. All right. So I actually have no beef with that first point. I agree with all of that. I think that and it may seem weird to go ahead and start comparing it to Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. But when you think about 
the all the lore that Dune is built off of, there's plenty of stuff there to make a franchise out of. I mean, the Warner Brothers doesn't have Planet of the Apes and Harry Potter. It's got, you know, DC Batman stuff, but like, you know, sci-fi, um, sci-fi novels and series are still very much a profitable in-demand commodity now. So I agree that it should be far and away the biggest movie of the year. Although I don't know how many people, I mean, Denis Villeneuve is a very mature filmmaker and this is a studio film, but make no mistake. Like I never saw Dune as something that like you'd bring kids to. And I'm sure that's not what it's intended to be, but that right away, if, if Dune, what's Dune even rated? Can I find that out real quick? What is Dune's rating? I wanted to figure that out. What is Dune's rating? Dune is rated PG 13. Okay. Uh, it's also two and a half hours long. So I don't know. All right, whatever. So maybe none of what I just said means anything. So I don't know. Maybe this is something the general audience and teenagers and stuff would want to come to. I don't, it just really, really, really depends. I know adults are excited about Dune. I don't know how much teenagers are excited about Dune. All right. Number two, making Dune a day and date release radically cuts down on the film's event status. I also agree with this, but let's, let's, let's hear him out. It does so in two ways. If Dune were available in theaters only, the revenues would probably spike, but those numbers would come would also become a billboard, a way of saying, here's the movie you have to see. More important is that you'd feel you have to go to the theater because it belongs in a theater. The bigness of movies is primal. It's been a key aspect of cinema for 100 years, going back to silent films like Intolerance, stretching into the widescreen sagas of the 50s and 60s, into the Lucas Spielberg 70s and beyond. In an age when even the Star Wars universe has been successfully shrunk down to TV size, I would argue that the gargantuan quality of Dune is almost its key selling point. The film is something to gawk at, like Lawrence of Arabia with Mayan design and insect helicopters. It's something you don't see every day or every year, but the awesome singularity of Dune is compromised when you tell your audience, okay, the bigness isn't essential. It's fine to watch it at home. All right, I have a half beef with this. Again, agreed. It will cut down on the film's event status. This is where we start to get into a split in opinion, okay? But I'm here to give you my perspective. I'm not here to give you the popular perspective. And I'm not even saying that like, oh, Connor's so countercultural. I'm just saying I'm not here to give you the populist perspective. I think most people would agree that going to see a film in theaters is something that can't be replicated at home. It just can't be. Um, if you're like me, you see less and less value seeing a film in theaters. Value meaning I spent 15 plus dollars and I enjoyed myself. It takes more. Uh, the, the, my criteria for theaters is, as I've long established is, is, is a higher and higher bar to reach when it comes to how comfortable I feel and how much I'm able to enjoy a film. And honestly, the less distractions I have, the more I'm able to enjoy it. And ironically, I have four children and I am ironically less distracted at home when they're all asleep. Um, watching a film with headphones on in front of my computer or my large television than I am in a theater with patrons who don't know how to behave in public. So that's my criteria for value, right? Uh, you know, and usually at home, if I'm, if I'm getting something like, Oh, you know, this isn't as big of a screen or it doesn't feel like I'm in a theater. I'm never bothered by that. Cause it's usually like, Oh, I paid like a dollar or $4 max for this film. So I do feel I'm getting my the my value. I'm still getting to see the same film you are. So there is that. Um so yeah, that that's that is true. Um and I'm not arguing that Dune doesn't belong in a theater by the way it does. I'm just arguing that 
I'm arguing the facts. The day and date release is probably going to stick around or some form of it will stick around. And people like Denis Villeneuve, when it's all said and done, are never going to be fully satisfied with the distribution model of movies because it will in some way offer an alternative to the theaters to someone. And as much as Denis Villeneuve or any of my friends or anyone in Hollywood might argue people should see this in films, guess what? If they fucking want to see it a different way, I think they should have that option. Now, if you want to charge them $50 for that option, fine. If the person really wants to see the movie at home, they'll pay $50 to see it at home. If they really want to see it in theaters, they'll see it in theaters. Number three, it's going to play a lot less well on television. This is an opinion. Well, here we go. Owen Gleiberman says, growing up, I once watched 2001 A Space Odyssey on a 16-inch black and white TV set, and it actually worked. That's how great a movie it is. Careful. Dune is a lot less great. I would argue it is a reasonably commanding sci-fi parable that begins to run out of gas in its last hour. That's because Frank Herbert in the Dune books may have been a better world builder than he was a storyteller. The world of Dune, like the world of Lawrence of Arabia or the original Blade Runner, needs to overwhelm and envelop you. But if you watch it at home, the film's narrative is... Um, uh, sorry, is going to stand revealed as rather patchy affair it is. When you shrink the grandeur of Dune, you shrink its appeal. This to me is the weakest point on the list. It's going to play a lot less well on television. It's like, okay, again, that's another thing I would have just agreed with. And it's like, that's fine with me. Or that's an opinion. I don't think films play any less at home. I really, really don't. Maybe I don't have good theaters in town here. Maybe I don't have good theater experiences because the patrons in Mobile suck and it's impossible to have a good theater experience in this fucking city. Could be that. Okay? Again, you're here because you want to hear my perspective. You know my parameters. I've been transparent about them. So if you don't agree with my parameters, it could be because we we have different experiences in the theater. Okay? But Owen Gleiberman goes right away and says that he watched 2001 A Space Odyssey on a 16-inch television in black and white. And because the movie is so good, it still works. And then he says, Dune isn't as good, which, okay, not lots of movies are not as good as 2001 A Space Odyssey. But to say that it's, it doesn't work as well because it's not as good as a film. So you're telling me the film relies more on its presentation than 2001 A Space Odyssey. Again, we're, we're in two parallel universes here where it's, you either go a visual presentation and a theater experience is integral to experiencing a film or you're like me where it's like, I want to be able to watch the film and have the same experience every time. If you can't replicate the theater experience, what use is it relying on the theater experience? Memory. I can glorify any theater experience. I could tell you the first time I saw Toy Story in theaters was amazing. I don't remember it that much. I remember it a little bit, but <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Like, Toy Story is a great movie. And I've seen that film over two dozen times on a television. And it's still a great film. Does it matter that I saw it in theaters first? I don't think it does at this point. That was over 20 years ago. I mean, God, it's almost 30 years ago. So my point being, the more time goes on, the less this theater experience matters when it comes to the viewing of a particular film. And if the writer of this article is admitting that what makes a film viewable anywhere is the quality of the story, well, then that makes my point right there. 
Number four, though, the entire industry has a vested interest in the success of Dune. This is the one that's the most interesting to me. Quote, it used to be that if a major movie turned out to be a commercial disappointment, the only people who suffered were those connected to it, including the executives at the studio. But thanks to the karmic double whammy of the streaming revolution and the pandemic, the whole world is suddenly asking if movies and theaters have a future. I think they do, but it's not foregone. And part of it is that we need to see the enthusiasm of movie theater audiences to be reminded what a potent force they are. Last summer, Tenet was supposed to be the movie that jump-started movie-going. For various reasons, that didn't work out so well. But movies in the last six months have indeed been jump-started, and that makes Dune and the right movie at the right time. It's a film that could remind us of the primacy and profitability of the theater experience. You wouldn't want every movie to be like Dune, but you want Dune to be Dune. If it turned out to be the commercially compromised, lagging version of itself that becomes a gigantic blown opportunity in everyone suffers. Um, all right. So again, I, I, I don't care that the industry, uh, depends on it. Okay. The industry will survive because if they stop making money, they'll find the way that makes them money. And if it means they fall on their sword and start figuring out a premium subscription tier through streaming, that's what will happen. I don't care about the future of the industry because it's not going to collapse. And if we're thinking, Oh, what, no, people aren't going to watch movies anymore. Yes, they will calm down. Just because people don't want to see movies in a theater doesn't mean people don't want to see movies. It just means they don't want to pay for an experience that that has too many variables to ensure quality. Okay? Now, for a while, theaters were doing better at that. They were offering more amenities. And they should keep doing that if they want people like me to come to the theaters. Here's the thing, though. In 2021, you want people to come to the theaters? Reach herd immunity. Get vaccinated. If you want people to come to the theaters, show me, show me, show me case counts that are unquestionably low. Okay, that's number one. But if you want to get me in the theaters these days, show me a great experience. But again, you know, I mean, include a daycare, (laughs) have a daycare. Yeah, if you want Connor Nimson to come to the theaters, you know, uh, charge me instead of $15, charge me $25. And allow me to leave my kids with you for two hours while I go in the other room and sip a bourbon and watch a movie. Then I'll be there. Off, offer daycare like a cruise does. Have a whole daycare center. Okay? I'll forego like the snacks and the, 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 the steak sliders and even the coffee or booze if you just watch my kids while I watch this film. That way I don't have to burden my wife with them while I go watch a movie and she can take a nap or something. I can get my kids out of the house and not burden the other patrons of the film with bringing my young children into the theater, making a bunch of noise. Okay. The, the, the problem, the thing with all this is, um, again, he's half right or half agree rather. I'm not going to tell him he's right or wrong. I half agree with him. Um, if you want the theater industry to survive, you need to show studios and theaters that it's that, that people still want to come to the movies and people do. People are staying home because of the pandemic. People aren't staying home because they don't want to come to the movies, but people do want options and you can't just take options away from them in the name of purity and oh, cinema, oh, cinema. No, 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 no. You want to limit people's options. If cinema is so goddamn amazing, then stop limiting people's options. Let them choose it. If they're not choosing it, then guess what? It's not so fucking amazing. Okay. So there's that. Um. I was talking to my friends about this. By the way, nobody agrees with me. I sent this article to my friends and I was like, look at this. And <laughs> I didn't get a single reaction that was like, yeah, which is okay. Um, 
But I did say that I think we're going to see Exhibition become a contract writer with filmmakers and even actors. Look at the Black Widow lawsuit. Look at how that's turning out. Look at Denis Villeneuve. Okay? Um, I think you're going to start to get more and more directors who go, yeah, I'll direct this film as long as you put in writing that this is going to come out in theaters and it's going to have an exclusive theatrical window. Because if it's not, I'm not touching this material. That is how you will incentivize studios to change their distribution model or to keep it a certain way. Directors vote with their contracts. Nope. Oh, you're not going to guarantee me a, a, a 30, even a 30 day exclusive theatrical window. Sorry, find someone else. I love this material, but I'm, I'm not going to touch it if I'm going to get screwed on the back end because of some streaming bullshit. And that's how you solve it. People are mad. Denis Villeneuve is mad because when he signed on to this film, he thought it was going to come out in theaters. And then a bunch of th- and then an act of God called COVID-19 happened and he's butthurt. And so others are butthurt because it's like, oh, it's got a day and date release. And that's between them and their lawyers. Okay. But me as a moviegoer, I don't care to hear their quabbles about it. I don't care. I just want to see Dune. I'm going to see Dune one way or the other. I'm either going to see it in theaters, which I'm not. I'm going to see it on HBO Max, which I pay for. And I pay a premium tier for. Or I'm going to wait and rent it. So I'm not worried about not being able to see Dune. I'm going to get to see it. And I can wait to see Dune. Again, I'll close this by saying I think that what we're going to end up with depending on which studio it is and if it's a tentpole release or not, an event film or not, you're going to end up seeing a short theatrical window, like two weeks, you know, again, I'd say this two weeks theatrical exclusivity, you know, the Avenger and Avengers film, you know, or a movie like Dune two weeks, theatrical exclusivity, 14 days. The only place you can see it on earth is in a movie theater for full price. And then after that, release it for premium paying customers on the stream on the accompanying streaming service if they have it. So HBO Max or in Disney's case Disney Plus. Everyone else, oh well. And then after 30 days or 45 days, depending on how well it's doing in the theaters or how well they agreed to or whatever else, Put it on video on demand in other areas. Let people pay for it. And by the way, pay full price. Let people pay full price for it digitally. Because guess what? Guess what? Yes, if you take it out of theaters after 45 days, you're saying goodbye to some money. But people who don't come to see a movie in the first six weeks that's in theaters are not serious about seeing it. Yes, people stumble into the theaters after two months and go, oh, let's go watch the Avengers. But those people aren't fans of the Avengers. Those people are just want to go be entertained and they'll see anything. It does not necessarily emblematic of your film being what they want to see. I think people who want to see a movie in the theaters are going to find a way to see it in those first two weeks. They will find a way. They'll go see it on their first day off of work, their first opportunity in those first two weeks. They will be there. They will be there. And again, the next two weeks, they'll still see it in theaters if they want to. But if they're like me and they couldn't get out to the theaters in the first two weeks to see the new Avengers, they'll just pay the $30 on Disney Plus and watch it at home. If they're that busy, they're just going to watch it at home the third week, but they're still going to pay money. After 45 days, they weren't serious about it. They'll catch it on VOD. They'll still pay full price and watch it on their own time since that's easier than going to the theaters. 
And then the, 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 the exhibitors can replace it and put a different film in that theater and actually turn it over and be more efficient and maybe even make more money. Doesn't it suck to be an exhibitor? You're showing uh, the Avengers for like the 12th or 13th week in a row and you get like two people who come to see it in a given day. Isn't that a super inefficient? Isn't that giant, not, a huge waste of money on the exhibitor's part? Air conditioning, electricity, and you can't let a new movie in because you signed some contract with Disney? Even though no one's coming to see the film on the 16th week, I'm I'm getting so much in the weeds, but I have such a clear picture of how this could go, and I just feel like it'll be better. Um. Anyway, that's it for that. I, I I'm I'm gonna see Dune. I'm gonna be checking out Dune for sure. So um, I'm excited to see it. I hope it does well anywhere, regardless wherever the metrics are being measured. God knows where that is. So, um, I just. I have feelings about distribution models and I will talk about it at length with anyone who will listen. Um, there's another article you can check out. I'm not going to go over it in this um, episode, but this article on Collider essentially about um, it really echoes my thoughts of how Disney should be doing their their live action remakes. It's by Austin Allison um, comparing uh, to John Favreau Disney live action remakes, The Jungle Book and The Lion King. Um, and why one way is the way to go and the other way is not. Um, and again, it's all about supporting the one you do want uh, if you want them in the first place. So check that out. That's in the show notes. All right. I'm going to do some streaming recommendations and I'm going to get out of here. Um, since we are not coming back in two weeks to do another uh, episode, I will go ahead and give you my recommendations for the entire month of October. I could not find Amazon Prime stuff. So whatever. Half the time, the stuff that comes on Hulu is also coming on Prime. So not a big deal. You have Amazon Prime. You're not going to get rid of it because I'm not telling you what's on it because you pay for it for the shipping. It's a really good month to have Netflix. Um, so the first thing we got on October 1st, we have The Guilty, which is that new Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, got some stuff I'm excited about. So Netflix is getting Seinfeld. All seasons of Seinfeld and all nine seasons are now on Netflix. That's exciting for me. Did you people know I have basically never seen Seinfeld? Like I know what Seinfeld is. I know the characters. I know their dynamics. I can appreciate Seinfeld wholeheartedly. I just have not seen the majority of the, of the television series. I think I've seen the first two seasons of Seinfeld. And that was like in the last five or six years. So I'll be watching more of it now that it's on uh, Netflix. But I, that's one of those cultural blind spots of mine. I know enough to get through conversations and understand references. But I don't know enough to understand specific references to specific episodes. So now's my chance and yours if you're like me. Um, we've also got the film Zodiac on Netflix. I will always recommend Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac is among the films I think are perfect. Um, so I'll talk about that some other date about my love of Zodiac. But uh, that's on Netflix if you've never seen it. Ooh, you should go watch Zodiac. It's amazing. Um, we've also have A Knight's Tale on Netflix. This is a 2001 film, so it's still 2021. I'm still doing 2001 films, and A Knight's Tale is the one of the ones I was going to watch, and it's not on streaming anywhere until now. It's on Netflix. I can't wait. Love A Knight's Tale. I'm going to give it a nice little uh, rewatch here and see how well it holds up. On Hulu... Another 2001 film I was trying to watch, AI, Artificial Intelligence. I now don't have to rent that. I can watch it on Hulu, except I don't have Hulu until December. So I think it'll be on, it's still there in December. So I'm excited. Disney Plus, a lot of stuff. Um, October 6th, we actually have Black Widow showing up back on the service for regular subscribers. No premium charge at this point. Black Widow is available for release on all platforms. So it is now available on Disney Plus. Check it out if you never got the chance to. 
That's also the same day as the season finale of What If, which I've been watching and is an interesting show. Talk about that at a later date. Um, October 20th, we have the Marvel Studios Assembled Making of Black Widow documentary. And on the 27th, a week later, we have the Assembled The Making of What If. So a lot of good what ifs um, or a lot of good documentaries or those making ofs I really enjoy on Disney Plus of their things. So, And then on HBO Max, October 1st, we have uh, Hacksaw Ridge is going to come to the platform. I was talking to my wife about Hacksaw Ridge about a month ago. That's a great movie with Andrew Garfield directed by Mel Gibson. Um, really great. Also, um, The Many Saints of Newark, this Sopranos movie is premiering day and date on October 1st on HBO Max. So you can check that out as well. And then October 22nd, the aforementioned Dune is premiering on HBO Max and in theaters. It's only on HBO Max for 30 days, um, but see it wherever you feel comfortable seeing it. And I will go ahead and say, by the way, just for the record, if you are comfortable going to the theaters, go see it in the theaters. Calm Denis Villeneuve down, calm the studio down, show people that event films will still be seen in theaters given the choice. Okay? I'm not going to see it in theaters. I'm going to have a newborn baby by then. I have unvaccinated children. There's still a pandemic and I'm paying for HBO Max. I'm watching Dune on HBO Max and that's the end of it. But if you don't have the same constraints that I do, it is up to people like you to go to the theaters and watch it and support it and and show them this is what you want to see. This is what you want to spend your money on. All right. It's all about choice. Everyone just make a choice. It's okay. You're not going to offend me if you want to go to theaters. If I offend you because I don't, then (laughs) you need to calm down. You need to slowly roll. Um, See the movie wherever you want to see it, wherever you're willing to pay to see it. Um, But I'm excited for Dune. It looks great. I love Denis Villeneuve. I love his films. There's not a bad film he's made. Um, So I don't expect Dune to be anything short of very atmospheric and extremely well done. So excited um thank you all for listening thanks to the well wishers and um yeah i will uh you won't hear from me for a little bit on here i'm I'm gonna try hard not to put out any content because i got other stuff i gotta do and so does dustin so i will say farewell for the remainder of the year i will see you in the spring of 2022 It's been a pleasure being the host of this show. I know Dustin feels the same. In fact, we both told you the same. Um, And uh, if I do pop up or if we pop up before the spring, it'll be unannounced and a big old surprise. Keep us on your feeds. We're going to be back with a furious amount of stuff we've watched over our hiatus and probably some great stories to tell about our newborn sons. Until then, adios. Be good. Be safe. Enjoy the things that you are watching and reading. And we'll see you back here next time.